Good morning, good morning, and happy Wednesday from the farm. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Soil with your host, Shani Alfalfa Seed, where I get to talk story about topics related to the farmers and ranchers using hydroponic practices to grow the crops and creatures we need to eat. And thank you for being with us on this beautiful morning. We got about five inches here in Greeley, Colorado last night. So today's show is going to be a bit shorter than I wanted it to be so I can get out and help scoop some snow after seeing how much came down and looking at where people's foot tracks are. Want to make sure that some of the people around here don't fall down and then get outside to make sure that they take care of the critters and they have access to water. One of the big things that we see here is when we get this heavy snow that chickens are unwilling to go out to where their normal waterers are. So I will go out there and carve a path and set up a different waterer usually to get them encouraged to start exploring. And by the end of the day, you can see little chicken feet all over the place. Today's episode, I wanted to go a bit more into hydroponic cowpea. Cowpea is a legume that I am interested in trying with my chickens. So it's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up today and do a part two of cowpea for our ABCDs of hydroponic fodder. I think it's best sometimes to just take these piecemeal rather than take it all at once in today's world with our short attention spans and I'm no different I see something like ooh, something shiny so I am mindful that other people may be similar and then we have the opportunity to just pick and choose and download the ones we want to hear so I really like the idea of doing them in segments. The first time I heard about cowpea was from an alcoholic farmer that I met in a meeting. Though I didn't know what cowpea was. But one day we were talking at uh, a table and we got into the conversation of the current state of agriculture and he told me that his family has been in farming for a while but he does something else and he doesn't know much about it he was having to travel up to his farm in nebraska which was about three hours from where we are now to have to do something for his family's business so i started asking him what it is he grows i generally will ask every farmer that I meet, what is it that you grow? How do you grow it? Etc. Etc. So he started telling me the different crops that he was growing. And then he told me that he was growing, uh, that his family was growing and considering expanding black eyed peas. And I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. I'm not familiar with that crop. That's something that I don't have as much experience with. And he's like, yeah, we're just starting to get into it. We are doing a test crop and we just started planning it out. And the main reason that we're getting into it is because they're extremely drought tolerant. 
and we just upgraded a bunch of our sprinklers but we found that if we can switch over to this we can even use we can use the water even better and i listened to him talk about the different advances in sprinkler technology and for me at that moment it was advisable to just bite my tongue and not talk about sprinklers and it wasn't until i started writing my book and came across our local agronomist's opinion on cowpea that i really truly understood more about this crop's potential and could see how it could better be used in a hydroponic setting but really the favorite thing that i like about it is that it's named after a cow but real quick if you like if you like what you hear or have heard so far please subscribe and follow the show give me a rating leave a review so others can see what it is that you enjoy if you just type in some words and give it some stars that would be very helpful but let's just get it started really quick with some black eyed peas the previous episode about cow pea talks about some of the history of where cow pea comes from in africa and some of the production statistics out of africa as well as brazil and in the united states and it makes a lot of sense that as an african crop the countries there would be the most productive and they would know how to use this crop the best. I generally like to look at words and try to understand why this name came to be. And again, if we look at where our friend the cow comes from, he comes from a similar area. We learned in the episode on alfalfa that alfalfa was domesticated around the same time that we domesticated the horse. So it's a common theme that we see that our animal friends tend to tell us what it is that we need to feed them the most. So those chickens show me that they have enjoyed the different types of things. And as I pay attention, I get the opportunity to figure out what it is they're eating and tweak it and formulate and create our own unique feeding blend, which is something that we have been able to do quite successfully over the past amount of time. And of all the crops that I've looked at in the ABCDs of hydroponic fodder, cowpea has been the least familiar to me and therefore it's the one that I want to look at the most particularly because this one uses water most efficiently. And in that previous episode, I did begin to talk about how well it uses water. It uses water similar to, uh, to barley and alfalfa which is extremely promising and it makes sense being a legume uses water similar to alfalfa but what surprised me is that it does use water as well as barley and the jordanian researchers that also looked at barley they found that cowpea uses just 
just under 3,000 gallons of water to produce one ton of hydroponic green fodder. So from a statistical perspective, I mentioned that barley uses 3,300. So that's not much of a difference. So in science, we like to say that's uh, the same, basically. And it's extremely encouraging for me and others out here in the West because we are experiencing a lot of challenges with how to use water efficiently here on our farms. And it's not just our farms where we have to be mindful of how we use the water, but throughout all of these other industrial applications that we then use these crops for. Farmers and researchers often look for different technologies to better use water. And looking at a crop is no different. It's something that we've done for a long time. In the first episode on clover, I mentioned how New Zealand researchers were studying clover in order to see how the water was affecting that industry. And we have the same opportunity here in the West and in other areas of the United States and the world to be able to use cowpea as a potential solution and a tool to better use our water more efficiently. So it's it's encouraging that we have the data that we have so far and I would like to encourage those out there that are already growing hydroponically for their livestock to reach out to me and let me know what it is that you're growing because I would like to know how well you're doing and I'm quite curious to see how many of us here in the United States have switched over from something as popular and well-studied as barley to other things like cowpea. Cowpea has been called the poor man's fodder, and that's because it's shown in its natural conditions to grow really, really well under very, very little water. And when we're cultivating this plant, we're able to get it to be like a super athlete. So I'm quite curious to see how cowpea can be integral into this conversation of what it means to better use water and save our resources. So as I look forward to doing research for the United States Department of Agriculture, working through some of the SARE grants and getting the opportunity to teach other farmers from that from that consultancy and mentor capacity that the government has hired me to do I will continue to look at things like cowpea so I know that the next crop I'm going to pick up after I look at the ones I'm doing now are is is cowpea and with that that is all i 
have for us today. As always, I would love to hear or read your thoughts. If you've enjoyed the show or liked any of the previous episodes, go ahead and follow. Hit the little notification button so you can hear me in your pocket. And then leave a rating and a review so others can get on here too. And wherever you are, I want to hear from you. I check out all of those things and I want to connect with you. If you want to learn more about how hydroponic fodder is helping farmers save water, improve livestock quality, and become better stewards, check out thinkingoutsidethesoil.com. You can head over there, get a copy of my book. All I need is your address and have you take care of the shipping costs. And I will rush you a copy within a week. As a special gift to my listeners out there, check out the sprouting video at thinkingoutsidethesoil.com forward slash sprouting. There's also a bunch of links below so you can check out those things I've mentioned here and or in the past. We have some really amazing things in the works. So do get down there and check it out. One of the most amazing things that we do have is our Blooming Health Blend Mix, which is giving us the best eggs. So go down there, click the links, follow the show, get the book, watch the video, so you don't miss out on becoming part of the next agricultural revolution. And thank you for being with us on another episode. Take care and have a lovely day. Hey, before you go, check out the links below, leave me a rating and review, and follow the show. Don't forget to get yourself some of our Blooming Health Blended Sprouting Mix. Our mix has been shown to get the best eggs and create the healthiest flocks. With feed costs going up, right now's the time to lock in a subscription so that you can get the best eggs without having to go to the grocery store or the feed store anymore. Check out the links below to get yourself some Blooming Health Blended Sprouting Mix.